Good morning. I am Danny, and you are listening to the Morning Bliss with Danny podcast. Grab your favorite morning drink and let's get started with today's episode. Hey guys, what's up? It's Danny here with the Morning Bliss with Danny podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode today. I'm super happy to actually talk to you guys today about relationships and more specifically, probably marriage because I feel like after last week's episode, Mitch and I got to share our story, um, you know, because we did. We just celebrated 10 years together and there's a lot that obviously goes into a marriage and I think a lot of people know that. But really, I just wanted to share some maybe tips and tricks with you guys on what has worked for us, and maybe it might be something that could help you down the road, too, if something's going on. Um, I definitely know that, you know, no way is perfect for any couple. Every couple is so different and unique and beautiful on their own. But, you know, there was just a lot of things we learned along the way, and especially being married and parents so early in life that really, you know, I had to figure out a way at one point on how to keep going because it felt like a failing time. So definitely tune in here today, guys, as we are just going to dig in a little deeper into our life and our marriage. And even though he's not joining the episode today, I'm really excited to share all of this with you guys. So really to start, I mean, oh my goodness, it was just such a lot going on at one time. It really was like, and when you are in a relationship, especially a high school relationship, you are on this big high, you know, like if you made dating kind of that priority, like I know, I don't know how to say that probably nicely. If it's a priority, not a priority. I don't know. Um, but like if you make it important, that's probably the better word to say important in your life. Um, you know, and when you do, when you choose to connect your life with somebody else, you really think about them, but maybe not in the same way that you think about that person now as in a marriage. Um, the way I am now in my marriage with Mitch is way different than when we dated. And of course, yes, we've had time, but even when we got married, things changed drastically. So let's talk about that. So when we got married, Mitch and I were 17 and 18. We were seniors in high school and we were pregnant with our first baby. Our first baby actually came within a couple weeks after we got married. And really guys, you know, not only are you busy, you know, like with school and life, but now you are choosing to take on pretty much full adulthood. You are taking on being married to someone. You are taking on being parents to a child and trying to figure that out. And of course, none of this was ever planned that way. Um, and that's probably the best thing for our life. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I have any regrets whatsoever in my life about the way it's turned out. Of course, I always probably would encourage not to do it that early, but you know, I feel like the right people are chosen for that right time in their life. Um, anyway, so pretty much back to the point when we dated, you know, we were on such this high of wanting to be together. You know, you're just like, Hey, yes, this is it. You just, you feel like you found that person. And it's very cliche, yes, but you know, the day that I got to see Mitch to kick that football or to learn to practice to kick that football, I somehow knew. And I wasn't even dating the guy. Like, but sometimes people say you just know, it just clicks. And I fell in love hugely with Mitch because of the person that he was. And he's very, very different. If people know him personally, they know he's different. He's not the normal kind of guy. Like, of course, he loves sports. He loves all these things mainly for him sort of thing. But he was just not the same as other guys. He didn't put partying first, drinking, things like that. Um, 
didn't, I don't know, like he's just very different. He's very introverted, which is another thing for him. Um, so yes, he's kind of somebody who hangs out by himself when he can, kind of likes the alone time, doesn't like to be in a big crowd setting sort of thing. But I don't know, there was just something different about Mitch. And when I got to see him that day and give him a hug, I just knew. I'm like, yes, this is the man I want to spend my forever with. And granted, I was a sophomore in high school, but he was it. And I knew it. I just knew he was what I wanted. And I prayed to God for a man like him every day. And granted, guys, like I said, it's pretty cliche when you say stuff like that. But I did. I prayed so much for the right man, a godly man, a man who would love me, a man who would love my children. I grew up very much with a dad one. My real dad wasn't in my life my whole life. Um, and two, I grew up a lot with my dad being home, but also not home. Um, my dad was in construction and was gone a lot. So I grew up with my mom, which I love my mom, but my mom cannot also teach me love just on her side alone. And you do. You learn a lot about marriage from your parents. And so I really didn't get to see a marriage come through because my parents never could be together. And when they were together, there was some days they fought, which now I realized, yes, is very healthy when it's... I don't want to say done correctly, but in a way when it's done correctly, you know, um, if you're fighting about things that hurt, you know, a lot that that's probably not okay. (laughs) But if you're fighting for like the right reasons out of care and respect, and you just are very passionate about that in that moment, I get that, you know, and it's very healthy for you to see the negatives in each other. Um, but anyway, so pretty much long story short, I did, I, fell in love with this man for a multitude of reasons, but I prayed for him. I had prayed for so many things about him and he has met those prayers. God has given me that man every day and he is here 10 years later, 13 years later, including our dating life. And he's taken everything head on with me and I couldn't be any more grateful for him every day. So let's get into though As perfect as I make him to be, and I'm putting him on this pedestal, especially for like you women who are listening, realize though, that doesn't make him perfect. It doesn't make me perfect. It really doesn't. We are imperfect people choosing each other every single day. It is hard. I'm not going to lie. There are days that are extremely hard and we probably should have called it quits probably a million times, but we didn't. We chose each other. We chose to get up every day and still love each other and not let it happen. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna hugely be honest here and say that my husband from day one has always said, leaving is never an option. It's never going to be an option for us. Me, being very honest and truthful here, I have probably asked my husband why we're together or thought about why we should be together or probably hinted that we shouldn't be together more than I probably should have in my life, Um, which is very hard for him, very hurtful. And so, but I do know that. And I, you know, I am trying to, some days when I'm feeling very low, I try to work through those feelings. But um, I just want you guys to know that, yes, we have come out on a different side, but it's taken a lot of work to get there. And it will continue to take a lot of work to be where we are and to continue to grow in what we want to be. So how did we do this? Um, a couple years in, you know, we were very busy. Um, we were in the middle of like me kind of going to college, but we were very much 
busy. We had two kids under two. We were working six days a week. We were just stressed out. We had no money. It was just chaotic, like absolute what felt like hell on so many occasions. And um, I was just like, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm so done. I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle all the fighting. I couldn't handle being exhausted. It was just so much on me. And I'm not the person like I can handle stress for a long time. But once you reach this edge, you know, like, you know, that edge, (laughs) once you reach that line, boy, you can't get back from that line for a while. And so I had reached that line more than enough times. And I was like, no, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't handle any of it. And so, like I said, that's where my word of the year episode comes in. I was like, no, something needs to change. So I did. I took our marriage that year and I made it the priority of everything I had done. I started that year and I'm like, something needs to change. Something's going to happen. So I started researching and, of course, biblically going through Bible studies on my own. And if you guys have ever heard of Right Now Media, oh my gosh, if you love even just regular videos, whether you are spiritual or not, just listening to amazing people who give you some wonderful guidance in life. Oh, I strongly recommend it. It's like Netflix for Bible studies, but it's phenomenal. Um, the sad part is you cannot get it singly. It is usually through churches, but if your church offers it, I fully encourage you to take advantage of it. It is worth everything. So thank you churches for bringing that stuff out. Um, if you'd like an invite for it, I can definitely send you an invite. Just let me know. But back to the point, there was a phenomenal one that I started with and it's called, and so of course, here I encourage you guys that even if you don't have it to possibly read or listen to this book and it's called His Needs, Her Needs by Bill and Joyce Harley. Guys, (laughs) I can't say how much this book was a eye opener for me. I really can't. It was phenomenal. It was the best thing that happened to Mitch and I. And I say that because when you are dating, you have these expectations and normally they are met, but in your way of like, Hey, I'd like to go out tonight. Great. You know, you do this or they're just so perfect because you're trying to impress each other so much that really the negative things that come about don't happen. And it's like, Okay, so then when you get married, yes, the skeletons come out. When you become parents, you have to remember that you are now parenting a child, but from two separate ideas of parenting. Like your husband or your significant other is probably easily raised differently than you were. And that's so true for Mitch and I. Mitch's parents are completely different than mine. But now the way that we are as people have made us better for each other. Like the way that we were parented has made us better people. Has it caused issues in the way that we parent? Yes. Um, but we also think about that differently. So, but I'll talk about that later. But anyway, pretty much saying this book, His Needs, Her Needs is great because it does. It really makes you step back, put your desires back for just a minute and think about the other person. Now, granted, this is the same thing. Like if a guy was to listen to this episode today, I'm hugely saying the same for you. This book teaches you her needs as much as it teaches you about yours. And it is, it's a book or a listening, like you can, of course, audible it. You can watch the Bible studies, I think on YouTube, I could probably find that out. But it's like, they are just phenomenal for if you really are just going through something and you just do not understand why. This book, because I'm very much an extrovert, my husband is an introvert. This really opened my eyes to seeing why he is the way that he is. How can I effectively communicate with him 
and get my point across and feel like I'm being heard, but not hurting him in the process. And granted, yes, things that we say are going to happen and they're going to hurt. I'm not saying it won't, but it does kind of give you that ground of how can I approach this in such way? So I strongly encourage you guys, if you are going through anything or just want to figure out a different way to have a relationship, I strongly suggest reading or listening to His Needs, Her Needs by Bill and Joyce Harley. So with that, you guys would not believe how much of a difference that changed. I am usually like, oh, I shouldn't say usually, I used to be a big yeller, a big like, this needs to go this way all the time. Like I was just probably the biggest B when it came to my husband. I'm super nice to everybody else. But my husband took the brunt of everything I did wrong. And that's not fair to him. And it wasn't. And that's why we were fighting the way that we were. Um, But of course, at the same time, he's very much a man and they get defensive very easily. And that's what happened. You know, his defense came out, which of course hurt me. And then we're both sitting there upset. And it was just, it wasn't going where, anywhere we wanted it to. So I sat here and I took the step back and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I took the steps that it taught about how to approach it, how to have effective communication, how to talk about our intimacy in life, how to, you know, just go through these various things. And as I took them step by step, the shock, I think, to Mitch was that I wasn't yelling anymore. The fact that I could sit and talk to him and figure out his side of it, too. I literally put myself in my husband's shoes to figure out how he was feeling, why he was feeling this way. And then I took that into account. Granted, no, I didn't probably agree with everything in the way that he feels, but that's how he feels. It's not fair for me to belittle him based on how he feels if I expect him not to do the same for me. If my needs are important enough for him then his need should be important enough for me. So I strongly suggest, guys, if you are having a trouble with your relationship, take a step back. Look at yourself. They always say, look in the mirror. It's true. Look at yourself. I'm not sitting here saying you need to jump, you know, completely over the edge here and step into everything and have nothing back. But I am saying take a different approach. Do something different. And so really that... That was our eye-opening year. This is what saved probably a marriage that could have literally probably ended because I would have been too, I don't know, I would have been too stressed out. I don't know. I don't know exactly the right word to say because I'm a, I don't like to give up either. I'm not somebody who wants to give up, obviously, because this is why I did this. But I was like, okay, I've watched my parents get divorced. Like, this is what I could do. <laughs> like, it almost feels like the out. And it's not. It's really not. And that's not what God wants for us either. So with that, okay, we're going to talk a little bit about some things that happens in marriage, why people get divorced. And I had seen, you know, like what are some top ways or top ways, what are some top things that people have gotten divorced over? Okay. And kind of how Mitch and I have gone through them in 10 years. Granted, like I said, I'm not an expert and I will proudly say that I'm not an expert, but I will gladly sit here and encourage you and to be a opening ear for you. You know, if you need to talk these out because it is, it's hard. It is hard to choose somebody every single day when you feel like you are at the bottom of the pit and you can't get out. So really, okay. This was probably a big one. Couples can't cope with changing personalities. I want you to think about this. The person that I met Mitch as when I was 
15, 16, is not the same person that I know him now, and he's almost 30, okay? He's different, and the reason why is obviously because different things have happened in our life. Different things have happened for you. Do you really think you are the same person as you were when you first met whoever that is? Of course not. Things have happened. Life has happened. Life changes you. You learn more. You grow in a different way. Granted, yes, not everybody can somehow handle that because sometimes that change turns very negative. And I I totally understand that. If it is a full-on negative, hurtful situation, I don't I don't blame you. But if I can help you in some way, I would say put all that you can in before you give up. Do everything possible. And really it is. It's because you can't help not loving that new person anymore. So for me, yes, it was difficult for some things. Like there's some things about, you know, your partner as you grow that you just don't like. And it's hard because you're like, okay, how do I do this? But at the same time, I do take that step back and I think that, okay, I'm not that same person either. I'm not the same lovey-dovey some days person that used to just do everything. Now I put a lot of responsibilities in front or some days I put a lot of um, work in front of what I do. And so, you know, that's probably hard on Mitch too. That's hard on him not having that same person anymore, but he still loves me through it all. So it's just trying to learn to accept each other because like I said, life will happen. Life will change. Things will happen. You will lose people. You will gain people. You will go through all these situations and especially things like kids, money, different jobs, whatever it is, houses, um, you know, just random things. But can you still love them and choose them the next day when you wake up? That's the real question. Can you still choose them tomorrow? Is what they have done so bad that you can't choose them tomorrow? Okay. Another one, of course, family issues. I've seen, well, like, okay, I shouldn't say I've seen. I haven't seen it so much personally as I have probably more media. Media puts a big thing on this, like family issues drama. Okay. That's why we have reality TV. Probably not the greatest. It's probably fun to watch, but in reality, that's sadly how a lot of life is. So family issues. Um, that was something we actually really dealt with a lot in the beginning of our marriage. And that was hard. It was really hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. I really put myself in a box. This is probably the easiest way for me to explain it. I put myself in this box. And I listened to the way my parents were. Because when you are a kid, of course, what your parents do is usually what you think is the right way, you know? So the way my parents dealt with things, whatever, I was like, nope, this is how we're going to do it, whatever. That was not right, okay? I love my parents, and I know that they're going to listen to this episode and stuff too. So yes, I love my parents. But at the same time, I know that the way that they fixed their relationships and their life was not the perfect way for me to fix my life with Mitch. So, and of course, my parents also had, I shouldn't say a really hard time, but at the time, I'm sure it was, it was a really hard time to um, accept Mitch. And that's probably the most hurtful thing we probably went through because even though they were supportive of us and our baby and they've always been there through everything, it was still hard. You know, we went through this stressful time of Mitch and there was a lot of things that, yes, that, like I said, Mitch could have done right, wrong, whatever, but it's just like, it wasn't enough. And parents do. There's a lot of parents out there that go through 
wanting somebody, like they have this expectation of somebody for their child. And when that need is not met, it comes from judgment. It comes from protection. It comes from a lot of different areas because you want what's best for your children. I understand that a lot as a parent now. And of course, I feel like parents are ready in their own way. Like I was very ready to take on motherhood, but my husband wasn't quite at that point of fatherhood, but he did it. He still showed up. He was still there. But of course, sometimes life throws things at you and you are just not prepared. You're not ready. And yet all of a sudden now you have to change and be ready. And when that change wasn't met correctly at the time they wanted it to be, it became a problem. So we got through this problem by talking. I had taken myself out of the box I was in and I talked to my parents and I tried to figure out why, why they were the way that they were. And I got more answers out of that. And since then, of course, you know, that relationship with Mitch has gotten a lot better. And I've been so grateful for that because it was, it's very hard. But at the same time, okay, this also brings up a great point. When you are fighting with your spouse or with your significant other, do not try and go bring other people into it. Do not bring your mother, your dad, your sister, your best friend, everything else. Like I get that you need someone to talk to and that's fine. Get your feelings out, but do not bring them into the situation. We would bring our parents into the situation and that was not okay because we then couldn't figure out how to communicate correctly together. We couldn't get our needs across because we were listening to the ears of others. And to be honest, they can't really fix it anyway. It usually just brought up more turmoil and more things. And really, it's not up to them to fix it. It's up to us. Um, so really, like I said, I know that you want someone on your side. And that usually is the best feeling. And that's usually why we do it. But it's just, it's not going to help in the long run. Because you can't fix it unless you choose to fix it. So key little bit of advice there. <laughs> So then, okay, you go into some other issues and stuff that you kind of face as adults, okay, priorities, responsibilities. This includes like work, kids, um, and things like sports, things like, you know, just getting bills paid on time, money, whatever, you know, like all these little priorities, responsibilities, work, things like that just become a thing. You do, you, as an adult, you just become very infatuated, of course, with doing a lot of these things. You make sure you go to work so you have the money to pay for the sports, to pay for the kids, to pay for the food, to do whatever. And you do. You spend a lot of your time working. You spend a lot of your time grocery shopping, being a nanny, running kids to and from everywhere. You just, you do all of these things that you're like, now I have no energy. I have no energy to put my spouse first or my significant other. Why would I do that? Because they are important. If I can hugely say anything, guys, the house can wait. Does it bother me that my house gets messy? Absolutely. Because I am a crazy OCD person who likes things to be clean and pretty and whatever. But if I had to choose my house over Mitch, you guarantee I'm going to choose Mitch. My house is not worth my marriage with him. If I want a happy marriage, my house can wait. Because I know that he is a good person and he will help me. So, however, that's the other thing too I'm going to tell you guys. We we are now in this part of our life where, or I should say in this part of generation of life, that there are a lot more obviously working women, women empowerment. You know, like we are making a stand in life. Yes, very, very true. 
So yes, you get the guys who also work normal jobs like they always have. Now you get the women doing the same thing. Well, guess what? That house is now left over. The kids need bathed. Everybody needs to do something. What do you do? So our biggest way of dealing with this, I should say, and how we've kind of made this a thing is our kids getting older now that they also help take on responsibility in the house too. They know that they live here and they have chores to do. They have to do at least a couple chores every day, possibly some more depending on the day. And we all pitch it and we do it. We just get it done. Another thing is if you guys have spouses or significant others at home, do not set the expectation up in your head and not say anything. They can't read your mind. So if you have the expectation, hey, I wanted you to get this, this, and this done, and you just fight about it when you get home, don't do that. Seriously, talk about it. I'm not kidding. I know people have the mindset, because I used to too, that they should just know. Like they see the laundry sitting there. Shouldn't they just pick it up already and just put it in the wash? Absolutely. That's how we think, because we are like that. But that doesn't mean somebody else thinks that way. And that's what I'm saying. Do not put the expectation up front without telling that person the expectation is there. Think about it. Now put yourself in their shoes, okay? They expected you to say, come home and help out with something. And you didn't. You chose to come home and just sit on the couch and say, nope, you should have had this done today. That's not fair either because then they had, of course, the expectation. Now it's not met. Now everybody's upset, okay? If I can hugely say anything is to communicate. Communication is hugely your biggest key out of anything I could say today because that expectation cannot be put on someone when they don't know. Hugely cannot do it. So here's the other thing I'm going to say too. This was great pre-marriage advice that we had was that men are pointers, women are painters. We like to put a whole story out there and men want just the simple fact. Just tell me what it is. They don't care how we got there, what we needed to do with it, how that needs to be done, whatever. Just tell them what it is. Just the simple point. Okay. So I've really tried to take that, like, obviously there's some days Mitch gets some great stories out of me or some great long talks about things when really I should have just said, hey, I would have appreciated if you had just done this and just let it go. Um, I don't need to go into a huge story about it. So really, guys, communication. If I could say anything, that's it. Another one to go along with this, though, as I say about expectations, is the failure in appreciating each other. Guys, do you know how simple a thank you goes? And I'm saying this for the guys too, the guys and the girls, a simple thank you. And I get it. There's some women I've listened to who are like, man, my my man did the dishes today and he expects this big thank you. Well, yeah, but don't you appreciate the thank you too when he says it for you? Like, thanks for cooking tonight. Thanks for doing the dishes. They want that same thing. They need that same love, even though guys put on this face like, hey, I'm (laughs) like, I don't know. It's like the strength, like they don't really care. They don't have the feelings, whatever they do. They have a heart too. They are people too. They need the support from us as much as we need it from them. They are just as affectionate as we are. So I hugely say that. And I'm sure there's some guys who are like, absolutely not, whatever. But I promise you, they appreciate the appreciation too. They need that. They need that sense of accomplishment too. Everybody needs to feel empowered at some point in their life. They need to have that. Um, another thing too that I could probably say that have happened for people that why they get divorced is, you know, just probably affairs. That's probably the biggest one. Um, that's not to say, so Mitch and I personally don't have a lot of friends outside of our 
bubble, I guess. <laughs> and all of our friends in our bubble are really with somebody. Like, I guess the attraction for others really hasn't made itself known. We actually don't put ourselves in that situation for that reason. But that's not to say that it hasn't tried to happen. There's been definitely jealousy that's gone on with random things um, or people. And so, yeah, that that's a true thing. Granted, no, it doesn't happen very often. But if it does for you, um, that's where I'm going to really go back to everything I've said so far is what is happening? What's on that other side that's not being met? What are the expectations that they have that is just holding you back? And like I said, guys, if it's time, there is a great book out there, too, that actually Les and Leslie Parrott came out with, and it's called Your Time-Starved Marriage. That is a phenomenal way of talking because you would never think that time becomes such an issue in your relationship until it does. And it is. It's hard. Like I said earlier, you get to this point that you are exhausted and you were like, no, why would I do it? Because they are important. Do you want that person to be there at the end of everything? If so, you need to invest the time into it. The same way you invest your time into your children, the same way you invest your time into your job, the same way you invest the time into yourself. If those are important things for you, why is your significant other not important for you? Put them in your list of priorities. I am so serious when I say this. They are just as important, if not the most important for you. Okay. So as I say all of these things here, guys, I still want you to know that yes, it is. It's very hard because you are trying to juggle everything. And I I get it. I totally understand because I'm in that same spot. I am juggling friends and work and life and kids and my own self, you know, things that I want to do. And yet my spouse and my house and, you know, all the things that go around with it, I'm, I wear a million hats, but I try to make each hat have each importance with it. And it is, it's a struggling act. It really is. But I really try to focus a lot more now on what is truly important to me. I invest the time into the relationships that are important for me because they are what matters. Everything else here right now won't matter later. You think about an eternal life later, everything like your house, your car, the things that you want to buy, whatever it is, are not near as important as the relationships that you have. Those are what will last forever. Those memories last forever. So with that, guys, um, There is a final thing that I really wanted to bring up, which is called You and Me Forever. That's by Francis Chan. That's another resource I strongly encourage you to look into. That one has some really key points in it that I'm going to share. So some key points from You and Me Forever is it's until death do us part. That is the vow you take when you choose to get married or to spend your life with someone forever. Okay. And I'm still like, it's not near as hard, obviously, now. It was then. But it's like that's still a learning act every day because you do, like I said, you make that choice every day to be with that person. But so it's until or until death do us part, then comes eternal rewards or regrets, depending on how you spent your life. Okay. And then the last one that comes off this that I loved when you read it is Jesus was right. We have it all backwards. The way to have a great marriage is not by just focusing on your marriage. It is. It's really putting God at the forefront of all of it. Okay. I seriously wouldn't have made it through any of this, guys, without prayer because I couldn't do it myself. And if it wasn't for God to step in and show me the right things, I wouldn't have my husband probably. I guarantee I 
I'd probably be a single mom trying to figure out how to raise kids with him. But um, it is because I wanted Mitch for everything. Like, I did not work this hard to end with nothing. So really, guys, I encourage you hugely to take over your life. If your marriage or your relationship is not where you want it to be, I want you to take time and write down what is lacking. What are you missing? Why is it not making you happy? And one huge thing I've learned so badly is that my spouse, my kids, whatever, cannot fill the void in my life and cannot make me happy. I need to make myself happy first. And that means loving myself so I can love them. So, like I said, I encourage you, if you feel like you're lacking, figure out what those pieces are. Have those conversations. Are they going to be hard? Absolutely. But are they worth it? So much. You will find that over time, do not expect this to be an overnight thing. It's not going to happen. But take little pieces, little pieces that will do better things for you and focus on those. Do little steps at a time. Do not make one big change and expect it to be perfect. Take little steps, move all the way through, focus on what you need to be important in your life too. With that, guys, I thank you so much for joining me today. I know I went a little longer than I normally do, but I'm so happy you were here. I hope that whatever I said in my stories or pieces that I've learned in my life come with. Um, I'm really excited to talk a little bit on Friday about parenting. I'm definitely not a great perfect parent, (laughs) but I definitely think I've learned some things and I will definitely share some hardships with parenting too. We are definitely getting into some uh, very hard pieces of parenting now and um, I'm definitely wanting to share some of those with you fellow moms possibly too who are going through some of the same and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that back and forth. So with that, guys, have a wonderful week ahead. I hope this week brings you warm weather because it's freezing here. (laughs) And I can't wait to talk to you all on Friday. Have a fantastic day, guys.